the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Father, today is the Lord's day. I'm ready to receive from you a word from you. A word to take me forward. A word to make me grow strong. A word designed to change my life. Today, as I hear your word, I declare by faith my mentality changes. My emotions respond. I make quality decisions. I live by them. My life changes by those decisions from glory to glory. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Now, Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, must have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves and therefore to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, then one of them, somebody say one of them. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be surprised if most people are not grateful to you. A lot of people are not grateful. Praise God. If you meet 10 people, one of them is likely to be grateful. I've met people who are so bitter at life, not because of what people may have done in some other ways, but the fact that they were good to people and they were not kind to them. You heard the brother's testimony. You give somebody money, and instead of bringing your money back, he wants to kill you. Praise the Lord. Ask your neighbor, who wants to kill you? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Yeah, he wants to kill you. He wants to kill you. Yeah. Somebody say one of them. When he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. Verse 16. And then fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered, we're not ten cleans. Where are the nine? Somebody say, we're not ten cleans. Where are the nine? You know why a lot of people can't give thanks? They can't give thanks because they can't see what God has done. Yeah, they can't see it. You see, in every year, what you receive from God is much more than what you're probably expecting. Because according to scripture, God does not give us as we deserve. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us out of his bountiful mercies. You and I, if you are to mark your life this year, if God is to give you according to your church attendance this year, just look at that. Let's look at that. Your church attendance. Before we come to talk about your many, many gossips, we talk about your sin of commission and your sin of omission. The ones you are supposed to do, the ones you didn't do. And then we talk about your iniquities and your transgressions. The ones you willfully knew, you looked at God like this. He was standing there. You said, still. Still. So before you now begin to query God on not giving you what you wanted or what you asked, Thank him for not giving you what you deserved. 
How many of us thank God for giving us what we didn't deserve? But we always are quick to blame him for what he has not given us. Yeah, but that is enough thanksgiving point. You see, the psalmist said in Psalm 92 verse 1, he said, it is a good thing to give thanks. How many of you have read that before? The question is, to who is it good to give thanks? It is a good thing to give thanks. Who is it good for? Now God or now you? He said, now God. <laughs> now God. <laughs> it's a good thing to give thanks. When you give the thanks, who is it good for? Now you. Because God doesn't reduce with or without your thanksgiving. That's why we're singing. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place. That's why when people sometimes they say, I'm offended at God. God owes me. God owes you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God cannot owe you. Cannot, he cannot, and those of us who have that mentality that God owes you, please drop it today. That that may be the reason why you are where you are. God owes you. What does He owe you? How much does He owe you? Tell me, I will pay. <laughs> Give me Acts chapter seventeen, verse twenty-four to twenty-five. He is God who made the world. This is, you see, all has to do with mindset. Give me New Living Translation, please. He is God. Somebody say He is the God who made what and everything. Since he is, uh huh, uh huh, verse 25. Let's read it together. And human hands cannot, for he has, he has, he has, he has no needs. I think about a couple of weeks ago, I was telling that God is not suffering from inferiority complex. The very negative inferiority complex is the one that thrives on praise. You must praise him. When he poops on himself as an 18-year-old, you must praise him. That's a very complex. You say, ah, how can you do this? 18. Then they will put up an attitude. You don't like me. How can you be talking to me like this? You are poo-pooed on yourself 18 years, and I'm shouting, you are saying, I don't like you. You have a complex. Inferiority complex sometimes manifests itself in two ways. Either you love too much praise, or you can't withstand rejection. It's two things. You can't stand rejection. There are some people, one lady rejected them, eh? and since they are 40-something now, they are not married. If you meet a guy who is struggling to propose, he has a problem. Rejection. He's afraid of rejection. Praise the Lord. Sometimes all the sisters are around, and you are wondering, why? But I'm saying that God does not have inferiority complex. Praise the Lord. So our praise and our gratitude does not change who he is. He's God. Get that straight. He says, he himself gives a life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. So now, one, he does not have any needs you can meet. And he also satisfies your every need. Not only is he not owing you, you owe him everything. He says he gives you life and breath and then he gives you what you need to sustain the life. That's what Jesus told them. It's not the life more than meat. You see, you are focused on the wrong thing. That's why you are complaining that you don't have money. If you have life, the one who gave you life. If you go to the hospital, you realize that all doctors seek to do is to try to save life. And it comes to a point where they can't save the life. They can't do anything about it. Then yesterday, I think I saw Wed Pele. They said they've stopped uh, attending to his uh, challenge with uh, colon cancer. They've given him palliative medicine. And when they say palliative, it means that go and join your grandfather. There's a certain extent they can't go. But the Bible says God does not just give you life. He gives you life. He gives you breath. And satisfy your every need. Listen, the reason why you have to give thanks is because thanksgiving helps you. Thanksgiving does what? Helps you. Thanksgiving helps you. Thanksgiving helps you. Thanksgiving helps you. It helps you in many ways. We see several benefits that Thanksgiving, a lifestyle of Thanksgiving guarantees. And yesterday I was reading one book I have, I think it has to do with A to Z about long life and well-being. Some book like that. So I was reading some account of the book too, Mommy, in the night. And he was just giving instances, the things that makes people live long. The chapter one, he says, accept your mortality. Somebody say, accept your mortality. Accept your mortality. And I realize that when people accept their mortality, they live well. Do you know why a lot of African men die without a will? They don't accept their mortality. They think they are immortal. They will live forever. <laughs> African men. But why will will Turn to your name and say Yahweh. Yeah, Yahweh. 
You will. <laughs> you will. Listen, when you fear death, you die quick. <laughs> Am I communicating here? I'm not talking about being careless with life, but when you fear death, because the fear of death is one of the reasons why Jesus came. To, he came to deliver us who all through our lives were subject to the bondage of death. That's one of the things Jesus came to do. Delivered us from the bondage of death. Thanksgiving. When it is done well, provokes great things. One is that it activates faith. It activates what? Faith. It activates faith. It activates faith. It activates faith. When you are thankful for your marriage, eh, you will always have the faith that the marriage will work. When you are thankful. But when you begin to complain and complain, very soon you come to a place where you begin to have a sense of hopelessness. As if the thing is failing. You know why it has come to that place? It came to that place with persistence, continuous complaint. When you praise and you give thanks, faith is activated. He says that go, your faith has made you whole. Now, I taught you first by my hand. But now, when you began to thank God, you were putting your own faith to work. There are things the message of God does for us. There are things we must engage our faith to receive. And this is where I realize that a lot of people miss it. A lot of Christians miss it. Not because God has not released the thing. God has already finished his part. But our part, which is to believe and release and exercise our faith to take hold of our miracle. A lot of Christians don't know how to do that. Your whole Christian life is predicated on learning to, one, receive well what God has given and they're responding well to what God has given. That's all the Christian life. Christianity does not start with man. Christianity starts with God. Christianity starts with God. For God so loved. That is how man could think of reconciliation. When Adam sinned, man was eternally hopeless. So we are told in Ephesians, he says, we were without God and we were hopeless on this earth. But God, through his love, who is rich in mercy, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. While we were yet sinners, he said, by grace, ye are saved through faith and that not of yourselves. You have to understand that your faith will always be helped. If you meet a Christian whose faith is very, very weak, they are also usually complaining, complaining people. You know why the children of Israel could not enter the promised land? They couldn't enter because of unbelief. Do you know how the unbelief manifested? Complaining. Everywhere they go to, they complain. Everywhere, Mara, they complain. Now listen, they met, they, I, I thought that, you see, having seen God, and you see, this disease called complaint, if you don't discipline yourself consistently, you can easily fall into that trap. You can easily, you can easily fall into it. You can see great acts of God, the miraculous hand of God in your life, in this direction. And then you will turn this way and you are complaining. These guys have been in servitude for 430 years. I mean, after 430 years, the generation, about four generations are lost. So you are not even sure that the promise, whatever promise God said will ever come to pass. After 430 years, they were not sure at all. But they said, let's cry anyway. And God stepped in. That was the first miracle. That after 400 years, God will come through and visit them. That was a major miracle. And then the second miracle, they are delivered. As for Egypt, they knew that all their lives, the generation, they had not known a nation that was as powerful as Egypt. So there was no way they could think of ever coming out of the grips of Egypt. And God says, you are going out. And by the blood, they came out of Egypt. Came face to face with the Red Sea. They say, ah, we thought we were gone, but it's like he said, we are consumed. Look at where we are. At the Red Sea, there is no hope inside. We are doomed for good. Then God stepped in. And right before their eyes, the Red Sea parted into two. And they walked through. You would have thought that after this series of miracles, they will come to focus that God is a God who does the impossible. God is a God with whom there is nothing too hard to do. But when they came to Mara, God opened the Red Sea for them to pass through. Is it water to drink God could not give them? They began to complain. They began to complain. And when they complained, the Bible says it displeased the Lord. It did what? There is something that pleases God and there is something that displeases God. One of them is memory and complaining. When you complain, listen, any boss you work with that you are constantly complaining about, he will never like you. He will never like you. Unless he's not a good boss. Because positive bosses, they want people who produce 
or exude positive energy and vibes. Because the work is not more stressful than for you as a subordinate than for your boss. If anybody bears the heat of the work, is your boss. And if your boss is embracing the pain and the hardship of the work, and you are there standing and helping and you are complaining, you will never be in his good books. Praise God. Be a complaining wife. Your husband will never be at peace with you. Be a complaining, a fault finding. Because see, the basis why people complain is because they find fault. Somebody say find fault. Say find fault. And I'm telling you, anywhere you turn, you can find fault. If you look at me well, you find fault with my dressing. You'll find fault. If you tend to look at the hair shape of the person sitting by, you find fault. Listen, you can find fault anywhere. And if you can find fault, you can also find good. So I tell people, open your eyes and look for good and say it. Look for good and say it. Look for good and say it. All this time that you are saying A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D. Look at the other ones. It's always easy for us to put together the negatives, but very difficult for us to put together the positives. Listen, I want to challenge you this morning. I want you to develop a gratitude list, all right? Have a gratitude list. Because most of the time, all the list you have is a prayer request that is always looking for things. But if you will learn to have a gratitude list, Every year, like this morning when we are coming, you come with your gratitude list. I'm telling you, you won't need inspiration for praise and worship leader. You won't need, you see, one of the things about Westerners, and I'm talking about Westerners, white people and the others, not just white people, but people who stay outside. One of the positive traits about them is generally, they journal a lot. I mean, some of them, every day, whatever happens in his life, he will find something to write. Some of them, the whole book about their lives have been written out of their journals. But Africans, we write nothing, we see nothing. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. 2022, let it be part of your program. Begin to journal. Write out, write out the goodness of God. How can you forget it when you have written it down? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Those of who are celebrating your anniversaries, when you go back home, generate a list like that. The good that the woman has brought to your life since she came into your life. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Keep that list. Every year, it will help you a lot. Because, you see, the truth of the matter is that most of the time, the things people magnify and see as big problems are no problems. If they would take time and look at other things that are really, 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 really working. It cannot be that you are in Christ and everything is not working. It's not true. The Christian life is a victorious life. But there must be something we must look out for. So I'm saying that the first thing Thanksgiving does for you is that it activates faith. It activates faith. Faith is activated. Faith is activated. And listen, faith is the key to the miraculous. Faith is what? You need it. You need faith. The Bible says, through the faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the word of God. Faith in the spirit of God. That's how the miraculous is activated. Thanksgiving, first of all, helps your faith. Number two, thanksgiving completes the prayer equation. Thanksgiving completes what? Say the prayer equation. It completes what? The prayer, say the prayer equation. The prayer. Say the prayer equation. The prayer. Yeah, the prayer equation. Can I tell you something? There are things eh, you can ask of God, no matter how hard you ask, no matter how much faith you put into it. If the time is not up, it's not up. I realize that most of the time when we teach on prayer, including me, usually we don't factor in God's timetable. We just use our faith. By faith, it will be done. By faith, it will be done. Listen, not every prayer is answered by faith. Praise the Lord. That's why you have to be helped by the Spirit of God to pray in sync with the will of God. When you pray in sync with the will of God, even when you don't have the physical manifestation, there will be assurance in your spirit that God has settled that matter. And once you come to the place where God has settled that matter, most of the time people pray and pray and pray and pray and pray the same way. I don't know whether it was E.W. Toza or Smith Wigglesworth that said, if you ask any specific thing for more than three times, it means you prayed two times in unbelief. Yeah. If you kept asking, with the exception of a few sessions of prayer, which has to do with intercession and other things. But if it has to do with personal, you ask more than that. Let me ask you. There is a certain particular thing you have been asking. If you ask and you believe God has done it, what do you do? You thank God. Does it mean 
that the thing has entered your hand? No. Physically, no. But by faith, the thing is released. Are you with me? And you have to continue to thank God until it hits your hand practically. Am I communicating here? That is the prior equation. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. He says, be anxious for nothing. And most of the time, the things you pray about again and again and again and again is either rooted in fear or anxiety. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Be careful. Let's say, be careful for what? But in everything, by what? Uh huh. With what? With what? Yeah, prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known. Let your request be made known. This is it. So thanksgiving completes the prayer equation. You have been distributing prayer points, prayer requests. Start distributing thanksgiving requests. Please be thanking God with me. I'm expecting this and I received it. That, now imagine how long. Abraham will be praying for 25 years. Lord, give me a child. Lord, give me a child. Lord, give me a child. You think that's what he was doing? No, 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 no. His faith will not have been helped. Because the more you ask the same thing and it seems like you are not getting it, Satan will also be talking to you. Listen, God doesn't love you. You see? And most of the time, as you are doing it, you are seeing other people around who are not even correct in your own view, getting what you are are asking for. And Satan will be telling you, listen, if this is your God, he'll love you like you have what you are talking about. But you see, when you take your focus from what you need to God, that is what Thanksgiving does. Thanksgiving moves you from looking at what you're expecting to God who is giving you what you are asking. Praise God. And when your focus is on God, anything becomes possible. That's what the Bible says. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. How? By giving glory to God. By giving glory to God. And the Bible says, when the time was up, he received that which God had already given him. But when God met him and told him, I have made you a father of nations, it was already concluded. It was sealed. But Abraham needed to take delivery of it. Am I communicating to somebody? Learn how to take hold of what God has given. You have to learn it. So thanksgiving, number two, completes the prayer equation. Number three, thanksgiving is God's wisdom for the preservation of his blessings in your life. It's his wisdom. Somebody say God's wisdom. Say God's wisdom. It is said that most people usually begin to appreciate what they have when they lose something. It doesn't have to be like that. When you fall sick and you go on admission for some time and you come back alive, they take you to a world where you have seen people die and die again. And then you come back. When we say, They won't wonder you like a gramophone. Tears will just be falling from your eyes because you remember so vividly. Am I communicating here? You remember so vividly. You don't have to go there. You don't have to go there. Wake up in the morning, Father, thank you for life. Thank you for health. Thank you that I'm able to move up and down. Thank you that my limbs, every part of my being is alive. Blood is flowing through my system because there are others who are being aided to feed. Praise God. Listen. If you can fetch it by yourself and put it on your mouth and swallow, you better be grateful to God. Am I communicating here? You better be grateful to God. 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 The same job that you have been complaining about, if somebody gets it today, he will jump and dance on the altar as a breakthrough day. They say, today is my miracle day. It's my miracle day. What is the miracle? The miracle is the job you have been complaining on and have been stagnated on it for five years. The Bible said, this commandment is for you, O ye priests. Malachi chapter 2. If you will not hear, and if you will not lay it to heart to give the glory to my name, he says, I will curse your blessings. And when you look at it, God never curses blessings. His blessings, once released, are not returnable. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. But listen, this is what happens. While God's gift to you cannot be returned, ingratitude allows Satan access. Satan have access. God gave it to you. It's just like uh, giving you an iPad 
And then when we close this service, in the heat of greeting, greeting, I just dash you an iPad. iPad, uh, iPad Pro 12.9. Then when we close service, in the heat of the service, you drop it and you leave. And when somebody steals it, he say, God has not been fair. Listen, your carelessness has not been fair to you. God gave it to you. You have a responsibility to handle it. And that is how we handle what God has given us. Next year, I will teach on how to handle the blessings of God. How to handle the blessings of God. How to handle. Know that you are blessed. Please take your seat. Know it. Somebody say know it. Know it. A lot of people lose the blessings of God because they don't even know they are blessed. They don't know. And those who know it are not consciously grateful. Please note that for me. How to handle the blessings of God. Number four. A thankful attitude keeps you humble. It keeps you what? Humble. Yeah, a thankful attitude keeps you humble. If you see an arrogant person, he is also very ungrateful. Most of the time, people who are arrogant, they are not grateful. They don't remember anything. His boss has offended him and he is talking loud. Loud! How can you be treating me like this? Is that how you treat a human being? Listen, remember that when you were looking for the job, you didn't care about treatment. It was just a job. If I get the job, I am okay. And gratitude is one of those things. Gratitude. Grateful people will always advance. Let me tell you. You will, all, you will always advance with gratitude. And you will always go down with ingratitude. You will always, you will always learn, 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 learn. Let me show you a scripture here. It's a very beautiful scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 24 to 25. About the same time Hezekiah got sick. How many of you remember that the man got sick? And was almost dead. Something happened. He said he prayed and the Lord gave him a sign that he will recover. But, somebody say but. <laughs> but. But when but steps in, this negative but, you see, in the Bible, the but is not always negative. There are some but, they are positive. But there are some but, they take you on a downward train. But Hezekiah was so proud that he refused to thank the Lord for everything he had done for him. Proud people don't say thank you. Proud people, they don't say thank you. What is making us I want you to understand, when you meet a proud person, he doesn't want people to know he's coming from here. They are the people who will not want to identify with their parents because their parents don't look the way they want them to look. Proud people. Listen, check your, the rate at which you say thank you. It's a, an indication that you are humble. Humility is always, and listen, it is for the high and it's for the low. Everybody in life depends on somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? We all depend on God. And on the human scale, you need somebody. And I'm telling you, the people who really get blessed most in life are the people who know that human beings are God's blessings in their lives. Thank God for your wife. Thank God for your pastor. Thank God for your friends. Thank God for your colleagues at work. Thank God. Because it's not every place we work. There are places they do themselves. They, they do them. You know Africans. You, they do themselves. Thank God for the man who allowed you to open your shop in his apartment. Because some places you open shop, nothing goes on there. You started your business there and you have been moving from glory to glory. Every year you are appreciating. When was the last time you went to your landlord and said, Landlord, thank you. But when he comes and says, I'm reviewing the price. Be grateful. When you say thank you, you are simply saying that you have helped me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because we don't just say thank you. Apart from the spiritual dimension where we give thanks for, even what we have not received, when you say thank you, you are simply acknowledging help received. Help received. So when you don't say thank you, you are simply saying nobody helps me. And it shows that you are not going anywhere. Because if you are going somewhere, you will need people to help you. If your shop is this a small shop by old GNTC building in Kumasi, where a life used to be, where you will enter between that building and the building that houses Stanchats, that is a small hole there. Where you enter there and to my phone, small, 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 small boxes. If you are one of those people here, don't get offended with me. But if your shop is like one of those ones, you can stay there 24-7. But if you have Melcom to manage, you will need people. From cleaners to tellers to people who will guide. If it is big, you will need people. And listen, if you can appreciate people who are helping you with your small thing, it will never grow big to need more hands. Learn to be grateful. Learn to be grateful. 
You think you pay the person, so you owe the person. Foolish. You missed it. You missed it. There are some people, when you work with them, your business will do well. There are some people, being around you alone secures your business. You know what? What I've realized is that sometimes it's not what people just bring into our lives. It's what they protect us from losing. <laughs> there are some people, they will protect you from a lot of losses. Their integrity, their faithfulness may not bring much to you, but it is keeping a lot of losses away. And in business, if you can keep your losses down, your little profit will appreciate. But most of the time, our lives is designed that we are only looking for people and they say, this year, you have to audit your phone. And when you audit your phone, see who is adding value to you. There are some people, they don't add value to you. They prevent value from being taken away from you. You should know them. You should know them. This is your prideful spirit that you go to work and because you are the organ, nobody talks to you. And you throw your weight and your legs and your buttocks about, left, right, center. And nobody, that is why God has given you a wife who can tell you, sit down. Yeah. Because he must work humility into you. So thank God for that stubborn wife. You say one, she says ten. It is God. He is keeping you in check. Somebody must be checked. Turn to your neighbor and say, somebody must be checked. Listen, listen. If you go through life and nobody is checking you, you will go down. I have said it too many times in this church. When it comes to pride, you don't want God to solve the problem of pride in your life. Because he never solves it well. He never gives you another chance to solve it well. Pride is not a problem God solves. He resists the proud. And his resistances are very deadly. When you go home, check the record of Herod and see how God resisted him. When you go home, check the record of Nebuchadnezzar and see how God resisted him. And if you are not convinced, check Satan himself, the author of pride. See how he resisted him. Learn to say thank you. It keeps you humble to God and to people. It keeps you humble. A lot of people are proud because they don't know what to do to be humble. They are proud because they don't know what to do to be humble. Prayer is one of the things we do to humble ourselves. When you pray, you humble yourself, particularly towards God. When you pray, you are simply telling God, I don't trust in my expertise. I don't trust in my wisdom. I depend on your skill. The Bible said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Why do you pray? Because you trust God's wisdom to be superior than yours. So you pray for his wisdom, for his guidance. But when you are arrogant, you have no need for God. The rich fool, I will do this, I will do this. God said, tomorrow we will see who is in charge here. You will not lose your place. I said, you will not lose your place. May you not lose your place. Pride takes people down, you won't go down. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number five, a thankful attitude delivers you from the temptation to accuse you wrongly in the midst of trying circumstances. Ooh, what a year. This year has been very trying. Has it been? Yeah, trying, trying, trying. Trying. But when you go through a trying circumstance and you are not thankful and your perspective is not helped, you accuse God wrongly. And you see, let me tell you something. One of the things that sometimes perpetuates a cycle of negativity in the lives of people is because they have not been able to identify the cause of the negativity. So it continues every year. It continues. It continues. If there is something that is creating tension in your home, you have to go to the root and find it. Because if you don't find it, you'll be treating the symptom instead of the disease itself. Yeah. And in trying circumstances, you can easily lose your focus. Look at Job. Job 1 verse 20. Difficult time came on the man. When Job heard this, what did he hear? Negativity. Dollar down, this down. That everything was negative. Most of the time when people read and they like Job and the Lord turned their captivity, find out what he did for the Lord to turn his captivity. God doesn't just turn captivities. Find out what did Job do. When he heard this, he tore his clothes. Shaved his beard. Head off because of a great sorrow. Now they don't do that again. Yeah, they don't do that again. When I was growing, when the people are mourning, they will shave them. But now they don't do that again. <laughs> Africa, we are advancing. It's a blessing. But this is it. 
He served, he said, because of the grace of he knelt on the ground. Then did what? Oh, then did what? Then did what? Yeah! Some of you, you lose your job tomorrow and you are out of church for the next six months. <laughs> then when you finish, <laughs> say, God doesn't come through for me. There is what to do to get God to come through for you. Listen, the salvation Jesus brought has two aspects. What God has done and what you need to do. And when you meet any preacher who is preaching something sensible from the Bible and scripture, you always see two sides. There is what God has done or there is what God will do and there is what you must do. Most of the time, when you are only looking at what God is supposed to do, you will get the whole thing twisted. Find out, Lord, what must I do? Then God will begin to tell you. Some of our prayers, instead of they being requests, they should be prayers of inquiry. Prayers of what? Yeah, Lord, what should I do about this situation? It's not every prayer that, Lord, give me, give me, give me. What should I do about... The things are tough, economic challenges. What do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do now? What do I do with this relationship? Not God, come and solve my... Babies pray, Lord, solve my problems for me. But adult, mature believers, they ask God for his wisdom to solve the problem. Because in solving the problem, we build muscles. You build your faith to be able to solve problems next time. Am I communicating here? There, Job looked at it and the Bible says, he worshipped God. And then, in his ignorance of what was happening then, he said, we bring nothing at birth. You see, that's what I was telling you. Most of the time, when we lose everything, then all of a sudden, we become conscious of what is most important. <laughs> he had everything. He lost it. He says, I have God. When I came into the world, the car that you said has crashed, so you are annoying with God, and you are depressed. May I ask you, when you were born in the maternity ward of Confanosio Omensia, was that car with you? That car did not come with you. You see, I don't know where I was teaching, but this week I was in a cry teaching for a friend. I was telling him that most of the time, when people come into comfort, they seem to forget that they have not always been in comfort. You have not always been in comfort. So God tells people all the time. He said, when your heads are multiplied, be careful. Be careful. Be careful. You know, there are two things that makes people sometimes forget. Pain, disappointment, negative circumstances can make you forget. And then good times can also make you forget. Good times. Good times. So where do you live? You live in the balance. Do you understand what I'm saying? You live in the balance. If you see somebody who pride has taken hold of, he's eating into his head, he has seen money, and he talks anyhow, he has forgotten where he started from. He said, we brought nothing at birth. The Lord alone gives and takes. Then he said, praise the Lord. Somebody say, praise the Lord. This is not where my focus is. This is where my focus is. Go to verse 22. That's where my focus is. In spite of everything. Please read that with me. In spite of what? Everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know why your circumstances as it going? It will continue if you will not come to a place and some of you have imprisoned God in your mind. This is God. It's not been fair to me. This is God. He can't treat me like this. This is God. And you have taken over Satan's job. Who is the accuser of the brethren? You are senior to Satan because you are not accuser of the brethren. You are the accuser of God. Now, if the only one who has capacity to help you, you accuse him and you take him to court and you sentence him and unfortunately jail him, who will bail you out? Who will bail you out? Job, the reason why he did not sin or accuse God was because he was careful to give him the thanks. He said, I brought nothing to this world. The life I have, he gave it to me. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm teaching? Number six, thanksgiving is a supernatural key for provoking supernatural restoration. Somebody say restoration. Job had a restoration and I declare to you whatever things you have lost from January till date, 
as you crown the year with gratitude and thanksgiving, I declare supernatural restoration for you. I declare supernatural restoration for you. Supernatural restoration of peace. Peace in your home. Joy in your marriage. In the mighty name of Jesus. Job losses, receive restoration. Health losses, receive restoration. Financial losses, receive restoration. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shout, I receive, I manifest. I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? You see, it's not that the challenge you are dealing with is hard for God. But you are not doing what he wants you to do. If Job had continued complaining and griping against God, he would have come out saying that God cannot deliver. But the Bible says when Job kept his perspective right, the Lord restored Job and he turned his captivity around. The same thing, Jesus stood at the gate of the man he loved passionately. Lazarus! And instead of blaming God for taking his friend, say, Father, I thank you for an opportunity because you hear me always. Say, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth. There are things that are valuable to you. They are in tombs. I call them forth. I call them forth. In the mighty name of Jesus. In this service of gratitude, I stand with my hands lifted towards you. And I declare that they are coming back alive. They are coming back alive. I call your relationship back to life. I call your finances back to life. I call your health back to life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thanksgiving also sets you up for multiplication. Somebody say multiplication. Yeah, the Bible said, out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make melody. And I will multiply them, they shall not be few. I will glorify them, they shall not be small. Number eight, a thankful attitude strengthens faith in God's ability to fulfill his word and promise towards you. I talked about this in another context. Now, I like this. Number nine, a thankful attitude inspires hope and keeps you on the brighter side of life. How many of you want to live on the brighter side of life? Yes. There's a brighter side of life. I said there's what? There's a, brighter, there's a brighter side of life. In every... Listen, really, will you have everywhere dark in Ghana? It can never happen that one day all of us are in darkness. No. There will always be bright light somewhere. There will always... If that, that line will not go off their face. They have different faces, so it won't go off. Or they have a standby generator. So they can go off. Ghana can go off one year. They are still on the brighter side of life. There's a brighter side of life. Job had a situation that almost blinded him to the brighter side of life. But you know what? With thanksgiving, he was able to keep his focus on the brighter side of life. This is what Job said. He said there is hope for a tree. (laughs) There is what? Hope for a tree. He's talking about himself because by the time he was this way, he had lost everything he had. All the money he had was gone. His children are gone and he's afflicted with sickness and disease. And he says, there's hope for a tree. If it be cut down, in other words, if I lose my business, if I lose my friends, that it will sprout again. It will what? Sprout again. Listen, dollar will be good for business again. Am I communicating somebody at all? I said the dollar will be good for business again. The economy will turn around again. Your relationship will be turned around again. He says, after all the things that are happening, this is dope. He said, that is a sprout again and that the tender brand thereof will not cease. And then he tells you real life situation. Though the root thereof die, was old in the earth. And the stock thereof die in the ground. (laughs) Yet through the scent of water. Somebody say the scent of water. (laughs) Say the scent of water. The scent of water. The scent of water. Where does water come from? From which part of our bodies? It comes from a number of places. But one principal place where water comes from is through our mouth. Through the scent of water. As we speak the word of God. As we praise. The Bible says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. Which is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks unto him. Through the scent of water it shall sprout again. Huh. And the Bible says, and will bring forth baths like a plant. I see you bring forth baths. I said, I see you bring forth baths. Job is a book that does not just talk about the gloomy side of life. It also talks about the glorious side of life. 
I know my Redeemer liveth. That's where I know my Redeemer lives. That's where it came from. Job chapter 25. The man had hope. Look at this scripture. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And that at the end, he will stand on the earth. Now, follow this closely. He says here, verse 26. After my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see. I mean, look at that. <laughs> That's a paradox. After my skin, he was not dying, no. After my skin worm destroyed this body. You see, one of the things Satan is after with what all he is doing is to make people feel hopeless and helpless. Increasingly, that is what is happening. So you are helpless. You seem to be perplexed. You don't know what to do. God's word will always give us the bright side of life. He said, after my skin went this way, yet in my flesh I will see God. Verse 27. He said, I will see him myself, not another person. They won't tell me a testimony. He said, I myself will see him with my own eyes. Ah, and not another. How my heart yearns for... Tell me how such a person can die. He won't die. He won't die. So when you read Job 14, 14, he said, all the days of my appointed time will I wait. My change comes. Can I tell somebody your change is coming? I said, Your change is coming. I said, Your change is coming. Your change is coming. Your change is coming. All the days of my appointed time. Will I wait? Most of us give up. We throw in the towel, we die, we commit all kinds of things. We do the wrong things because we don't know our change is coming. Your change is coming. I prophesy your change is coming. I prophesy your change is coming. I prophesy your change is coming. From now to the end of the year, your change is coming. 2023, your change is coming. In the mighty name of Jesus. A change in your marital status. A change in your finances. A change in your health. A change in our church. A change in your spiritual life. I declare your change is coming. Shout, I believe I receive. Your seat. A grateful attitude makes you attractive and strengthens relationships. Makes you what? Now, listen, no matter how ugly you are, when you smile, you look beautiful. So, be sure I don't know what The person was telling me, say, Woman, too much. Turn to your neighbor and say, Sirikakrawai. About two weeks ago, I saw a very beautiful lady. Very beautiful. But when I saw her, she was not looking at such at all. Because she had frowned her face. The doctors will tell you it takes more muscles to frown. <laughs> it strengthens relationships. It does what? Yeah. If you want relationships to be stronger, be grateful. Be what? I'm telling you, be grateful. Be grateful. When you are grateful, the Bible says, catch away the foxes, the little foxes. That spoil the vine. That spoil the vine. That spoil the vine. That spoil the vine. That spoil. There are some wives, eh? They are always looking for the next thing their husband should do for them. The next thing. In fact, some of them can even tell you, what have you done for me? Hey! <laughs> what have you not done for me? What have you done for me? Hey! So about 20 years ago, what have you done for me? That is not a question you ask a husband. You have to do a list of things he has done to say, yeah, the year is ending. I want to say thank you. Am I communicating here? Do that and see. I'm back as why in a draw, when you're in a draw. What who na no draw? Bear my annual draw any gratitude instead of complaining. Am I communicating here? Very important. You see, a man can go to the moon and die for you if you know you appreciate it. And I'm telling you. And you can also withhold precious things that you can't even ask from him, from you, when he sees that you are not grateful. As for God, he is kind to the righteous and the unrighteous, the unthankful and the unthankful. Man, man is thankful. <laughs> no, read your Bible well. It's God, and we are all trying to be like him. But we are not like him yet. In that area, we are not like him yet. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yes.
Learn to say thank you. I don't want this service to just be about just giving thanks to God. Because most of the time, our negative attitudes we demonstrate towards people, they are the same thing we bring to God. They are the same thing. I mean, there are people who are in this church today. Maybe before I started preaching. Maybe while I was preaching, you have repented. But before I started preaching, you have caged God. You have put him in a box because of certain things you think he has not done for you. You have caged him. And it's the same thing. You have locked your mother and kept her in a box of unforgiveness. You can't forgive God, can't forgive human beings. Am I complicating here? If you want to live longer, the keys are simple. These are keys. You can enjoy your marriage and have good time in your home. Be thankful. Be what? Yeah, be thankful. Have a list of gratitude. Those of you who are married, as the year is ending, sit down with your husbands. This year, any husband who has given you any chop money, you must thank him. I'm telling you. You must thank him. And if he shop for you, that one, take him to the moon. Yeah. Uh, am I communicating? Yeah. yeah. This is a year where needs are becoming very important. Needs. People are now seeing that their needs matter than their wants. When you have money, the first thing you think about is not what you want. It's what do you need. For once. And this man has bent his back. He has given you what you need. And he has provided additional ones. Charlie, man, and Christmas. Say Amen. amen. A complaining life makes you repulsive. If you are in the choir, you are always complaining. Nobody will like you. Say, ask for me. I don't know why people don't like. I know. I am telling you from the Bible. Is this you are complaining too much? A grateful attitude delivers you from the trap of comparison and competition. When you are grateful, you don't have time to compare. When you are grateful that God has blessed you with a man, you don't have time to compare. Ah, now Linda's wedding, Pani a wedding in India. Now we are wedding in Hey. <laughs> you see, you see, you see, you see. <laughs> you are not grateful. Somebody is not looking for wedding. All he wants is that <laughs> God should just bless me with a man. See, I'm not feeling crown on behalf of one day I'm doing a mess. Oh, Obia Boka wedding. Now 2022, I'm your wedding. Obia your one, pa your wedding. 2022. Now we compare. Okay, kiki twabi, sir. Who a problem? Who a big problem? The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, he says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number, nor compare ourselves. Compare ourselves. 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 12. For we dare, somebody say, We dare not. Now, in the book of 1 Corinthians, he gives us a number of accounts where he says, we dare not take one another to court. We dare not. And he says, we dare not make ourselves or our number or compare ourselves with they that compare themselves among themselves. Then he tells you the reason why you should not do it. He said, for they comparing themselves by themselves and measuring themselves by themselves are not wise. And they be a madam. Sin. Am I communicating somebody here? No, be very careful. Be very careful with your life. Be very careful with your life. Be very, very careful with your life. Don't compare yourself with anybody. You are short, you stop. Everyone has a disadvantage. Am I communicating here? Listen, let's be very careful and enjoy what God has given us. Be grateful. Stop comparing yourself with somebody else. But honestly, that is it. You don't see many short people carrying sticks around. Competition and comparison. There are people who come to church and they are comparing themselves. They look at somebody's wife. They say, ah, uh, see, Mr. Asamwa wife. Can't be our them. Hey, Obi the trot trot enamu. Obi the trot trot pan enamu. Now when you uba ne do uba, when you miyasi. Praise the Lord. Of course, number twelve. A grateful attitude brings contentment. Somebody say contentment. Say contentment. Yeah. If you are content with what God has given you, you will live long. You will live long. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, eh, he says, 
Let your life be without covetousness. Let your conduct be without. Somebody say without. Say without. I like the imperatives in the gospels. The imperatives are the things that the Bible tells you to do. It says do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Do not. So he tells you what God has done and then he tells you what you have to do. And one of the things in the book of uh, Hebrews in particular, after all is taking time to establish who Jesus is and his greatness over angels and all of that, he began to zero in on practicals. And the practicals, he began to tell them about love should continue. Let's start from Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1. Quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let brotherly love what? <laughs> it is not what God will do for you. The brotherly love, the God's kind of love is in you. Let it continue. Allow it to flow. He's talking about Philadelphia. Then he says, do not forget to entertain strangers. Turn to your neighbor and say, be nice. Yeah. If you learn to be a nice guy, you'll find a nice lady to marry. If you learn to be a nice lady, you'll meet a nice guy. Praise the Lord. Be nice. Be nice to people wherever you meet them. Say, do not be forgetful to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Then he tells you, remember prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are also in the body. Go to verse 4. He said, marriage is honorable in all. So, after he has established all of that, he's just giving you the imperatives, what you are supposed to do and all of that. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed is without undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Verse 5, he said, let your conduct, let your life, somebody say your conduct, say your conduct, be without covetousness. That is a very serious message to preach. Because this, our generation, we have too many options. And when you go through life and you have too many options, the tendency is that you will not be satisfied with what you have. So it's a blessing to have a lot of options. But the more options you have, the greater the temptation not to be satisfied with what you have. If you are looking for a wife and you have too many options, you'll find it very difficult to choose. That's why guys who date multiple ladies usually end up frustrated. Because you will see something in Linda you won't see in AC. You will see something in Akosia that will not be in Ajua. All the time you are looking for, hey, when will I meet the person who has all of this? That is where your delusion will start. You will continue like that because you will never meet that kind of person. Because if the lady started doing the same, they will see that you too you have your own challenges. Let your life, somebody say my life, be without what? And be content with sad things as you, no, he didn't say be content with sad things as you want, sad things as you may be given, with the things you have. Contentment always has to do with what you have. What do you have? So look at what you have. Be content with your wife. Be content with your work. Be content with your salary. Be content with where you are. Contentment does not mean that you don't have any aspiration. But contentment means that you are thankful, you are grateful to God for where you are per time. And you are trusting him to take you higher. But even if he chooses not to take you higher, you are okay with him. Am I communicating here? That's contentment. Be content with such things as you have. Then he says, all the things you are looking for, they are not as important as my presence. That's what he's saying. All the things you are looking for, be content with the things you have. Because all the things you are looking for, the car you want, the house you want, the wife you want, they are not as important as my presence. For he himself has said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. That's the most important thing. And if you have God, if you have God, If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you. 
join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. No, no.